and welcome to the Pac-Man Podcast, Patriotic American Citizen. I'm Ted Flint on the BMG Network. You know, all the news is talking about Donald Trump and the uh, civil fraud trial in New York City, and it is news, but it's not the top story. It shouldn't be. But the major media, that's all they're talking about. Nobody, to my mind, and I haven't checked all the the news stations this morning yet, but nobody's talking about this this evidence, more evidence of laundered money going to Joe Biden from a Chinese interest. The House is looking into it, House investigators looking into possible corruption by Biden and working on whether there is evidence enough for an impeachment. Well, naturally, the media is not going to talk about that. They're going to talk about Trump, 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 and how he inflated his net worth. And they're trying to you know, destroy his business empire in New York City. Letitia James spoke to the media for a couple of minutes yesterday. I had the audio somewhere. I can't access it this morning. But you talk about weaponizing law enforcement to go after a political opponent. That's what's happening here, this civil fraud trial. And the judge is Engeron. This guy is, uh, they're, they're political hacks. It's been said a million times. You don't need to hear it from me, but it's just so frustrating to watch Letitia James get up there in front of the microphones, and she's so arrogant and condescending. This is unprecedented in my lifetime, what's going on here. But back to Biden. The latest evidence is that a direct $40,000 payment to Joe Biden from his brother, James's wife, happened before James and Hunter Biden had received a large cash transfer from a Chinese company. Earlier, this is in WorldNet Daily, by the way, there was a similarly suggestive $200,000 check written by James Biden, the president's brother, and made out to Joe Biden. This happened when Joe was vice president. That check is also part of the House investigation. There's a report in the Washington Examiner that says the, the latest evidence shows James Biden had worked with Joe Biden's son, Hunter, on a business deal with Chinese energy conglomerate CEFC, forming a partnership that netted them and their partners millions of dollars. No mention today in the media about this. Sarah Biden... James Biden's wife appeared appeared to write the $40,000 check to Joe Biden, which she labeled as a loan repayment. Was it a loan repayment? I mean, it you know, nothing's been proven yet. But I mean, the $40,000 payment to Joe Biden from his brother James's wife, I mean, this this should be a lead story, but it's not. The, the, the media is just covering this up the way they've been covering up all the Biden uh, crime over the last four or five years. According to this report, in the World Net Daily, the money brought into the Biden family in recent years from such influence peddling reportedly is in the range of $20 million. That's according to House investigators. It's unbelievable. And nothing's being said about it. They've impeached Trump how many times? Twice? They've indicted him four times? If this is not impeachable evidence, I don't know what is. If they prove, they, they've got to get They've got to get this nailed down, and they've got to prove this guy as dirty as he is. He, Everybody knows it. He's the most corrupt president we've ever had in this country. He's been corrupt since day one, since he entered the Senate in the 70s. On this report, bank records show a venture linked to CEFC, the Chinese company, sent $5 million to a company partly owned by Hunter Biden back in 2017. And the same day, Hunter apparently sent $400,000 in one of his own accounts. This guy never worked a day in his life. He tried, I guess, to do art for a time. I, you know, this is, it's involved, and that's, it's, I don't want to get too deeply into the weeds. That's why maybe, maybe the media doesn't, you know, cover it, because it's all these different names and all these money transfers. It's money laundering is what it is. 
Hunter also sent, days after that, he sent $150,000 to a business account held by James and Sarah Biden, Joe Biden's brother and his wife. And that was followed quickly by Sarah Biden's transfer of fifty grand to their personal account. And then shortly later, she wrote the $40,000 check to Joe Biden. Again, allegedly for a loan repayment. House looking into all this nonsense. You know, I, somebody sent me a, a, a text from... Dan Bongino. I don't listen to Bongino all that often. I mean, I'm, I'm working when he's on the air. You know, he's good. Former law enforcement official and Secret Service agent. He he te- or he uh, put on X yesterday. He said, "I'm or recently, I'm concerned, and you should be too. It's a break glass moment. We've reached a breaking point. The left has gone full tyrant, and they've given up on the republic. Of course, they don't refer to it as a republic. They say, well, we have a democracy.'" But he said the media is all in on propaganda and has no fear of being called out for lying. They lie, and I'm going to just break away from the quote here, they lie indiscriminately, inveterately, and nobody ever holds their feet to the fire. The courts are largely leftist echo chambers where you stand little chance of getting justice, as Trump is finding out in New York City. Revered institutions such as the military are being destroyed by social justice warriors. The levers of quote-unquote justice such as the DOJ and FBI, are fully weaponized to target political dissidents. Trump, basically anybody who's not a liberal Democrat. We're trillions of dollars in debt with absolutely no path to pay it down and a certain path to pile on even more debt. There's talk in Washington again about this debt limit increase. There's still a small window, Bongino writes, to turn this around, but I'm running out of optimism. Hug your kids. Of course, we do that every day anyway. It's unbelievable what's happening here to this country. You know, I'd rather talk about football and I'd rather talk about any other number of things. By the way, speaking of podcasts and different topics, my, my daughter Madeline is, uh, as I've told you, you know, maybe a million times, I'm very proud of her. My wife is as well, very proud of our oldest daughter. We're proud of all of our children. But she's a uh, human biology major and she's going to be a, a medical professional of some some kind. She's not sure just what yet, but she, her latest podcast focuses solely on, on health-related issues. And it talks about stress. I don't think she's completed it. She's done part of it. And it's really interesting what stress can do to your body, what, it's, what it does, especially to diabetics. And I think that's why she's looking into it, because I'm diabetic. And stress is just a killer uh, if you're a diabetic. But it's to anybody. I mean, it's just not good for you. But anyway, check out her podcast, The Essentials with Maddie Flint, weekly here on the BMG Network. And check out all the fine podcasters we have for you. Adrian Ross does a show up there at least once a week. We have The Age Sage with uh, Mr. Acosta and this program, which airs on Wednesdays. You know, the left is calling for a ceasefire in Gaza. And Netanyahu came out yesterday. He said there will be no ceasefire until every hostage held by Hamas has been freed. No ceasefire. The left wants Israel to refrain from responding, basically. They got blasted October 7th. 1,400 Israelis were murdered, some in their own beds. Some children, babies, were decapitated. These people, these Palestinians, some of them, Hamas, I should say, I should specify, Hamas are animals, and they deserve to die like animals. And until every one of them does, you're not going to have peace in the Middle East. We may not see peace in our lifetime until the Lord returns. In this country, we have these leftist groups who are aligned with these pro-Palestinian 
uh, groups in this country, thousands of these people, pro-Palestinian marchers, descended upon Washington this week. They were chanting Allahu Akbar and F. Joe Biden. These are the people Biden and his liberal cohorts are supporting. No ceasefire in Gaza until the hostages have been freed, period. That's from Bibi Netanyahu. You know, I was watching a uh, podcast uh, yesterday by Alan Dershowitz, the famed Harvard law professor. Brilliant guy. You know, his broadcasting skills are uh, leave a lot to be desired, but the content was great. But he's, you know, he was about a half an hour long, and I watched a few minutes of it. He said, you know something, the people that, that are protesting in this country for greater freedom for these minority groups and homosexuals and transgenders, he said, if, you, if they were in Gaza... And if they lived under Hamas, they'd be thrown off buildings. You know, send the gays to Gaza. Send the transgenders to Gaza or the progressives to Gaza. What would happen to them? They'd be tossed off buildings. They'd have their heads cut off. It was interesting, that, that part of it. But these, all these leftist groups are in alignment because they have a common enemy. America and Israel. Freedom, basically. They oppose freedom. These pro-Palestinian groups marching on D.C., I'm getting a little bit off topic here, but there's one headline that caught my eye today that the former president, Donald Trump, vows to prosecute organizations that assisted in the border invasion happening on our southern border. He's going after all these organizations. He ought to go after the people who've been prosecuting him, like Letitia James. There's got to, there's got to be political payback when he gets elected. Now, I know a lot of Republicans, there's a you know, there's a segment of Republicans and conservatives who don't think Trump can beat whoever the Democrats put up, whether it's Biden or Newsom or whoever it is. I disagree. The polls show that he would beat Biden handily, especially in some of these swing states if the election were held today. But of course, it's going to be held a year from now. So, you know, a lot can happen in a year. All right. What else happening here? There's a report in Newsmax Health. It's a little bit, you know, off uh, politics because I, I, I can only take so much politics. You know, I'd rather do a podcast on sports and, and cultural issues. But, you know, this daylight savings time is a, a real, a royal pain for me, especially this time of year when they turn the clocks back and you gain an hour of sleep. Like, that's a big thing. I guess it is for some people. I could care less about gaining an hour of sleep. I don't sleep that well anyway. But you lose an hour of daylight, which is, to me, more important. Like, now you get home at night at six o'clock. I get home in the evening and it's dark. It's dark at, you know, at five, five thirty. And they, there's talk every year about doing away with daylight savings time, but it never happens. You know, there's a, this report in, in Newsmax, Newsmax Health says that daylight savings time is uh, poses some health risks for some people. You know, they, their sleep is messed up and they get out of work, it's dark, and they try to do all these errands in the dark and there are accidents, AAA auto club saying there are more accidents this time of year. And that may be true. Yeah, it's just frustrating. I think some states... I think most states uh, have done away with daylight savings time. Not, not here in New York, though. I don't know if it's a state-by-state state issue or not. I think there are a handful of states that don't observe it. Hawaii is one of them. Puerto Rico, I guess, U.S. Virgin Islands, and most of Arizona do not observe daylight savings time. Good for them. So I guess most do. The Senate, the U.S. Senate, uh, a year and a half ago passed a bipartisan bill named the Sunshine Protection Act. But it's stalled in the House for whatever reason. Why would you want to? I don't know what that is all about. Originally, this was done to, to help the farmers in their crops. They have more daylight. I don't know. It was done a long time ago. But I mean, it's time to move on from this. The bill was then reintroduced by Marco Rubio in the Senate March of this year. 
then referred to committee, and it's been sitting in committee. It's idle. For some reason, the the uh, the House doesn't want to act on it, or the or the Senate, at this point. Do away with it. We don't need daylight savings time. I feel better. Um, what else? All right, one final story. I was going to maybe hold this off till next time, but there's a report uh, that uh, there's a big battle developing in this front against the government discriminating against white uh, male-dominated businesses. There's a legal fight against the Biden administration and their advocacy for you know fairness in in uh, in all walks of life. The Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty says it has filed a federal lawsuit against Biden's disadvantaged business enterprise scheme. The case charges illegal discrimination against two clients, Mid America Milling Company and Bagshaw Trucking Inc. The legal team said the federal program is the largest and perhaps oldest affirmative action program in U.S. history. And it's run by the U.S. Department of Transportation. Affirmative action basically is going after anybody who's not minority. It's really uh, discriminating against whites and anybody who doesn't have uh, any characteristics considered minority. That's really what affirmative action is. It's discrimination against white people, white males, white heterosexual males, to be exact. I'll just briefly go over this. Dan Lennington is uh, the deputy counsel. He said it's time for discrimination to end. Our clients are hardworking small business owners who just want to build roads and make America a great place for everyone. But time and time again, they lose out on business because of their race and gender. It's un-American, and we will put a stop to it. And I hope they're successful. That's all this is about. A trucking company and uh, a mid-American milling company. They just want to make America a great place to be. That's their problem. They want to make America great again. And they're being discriminated because they're, they're white business owners. We have a communist regime in Washington dominated by the, they're communists. Nobody wants to call them that. Everything is about discrimination and they make everything about race and ethnicity and gender quotas. They can call it goals, but the goals are discriminatory barriers, as this lawyer for this group put it. All they want is equal treatment under the law, these, these, these companies and other companies, white-owned businesses. But the scales of justice have been tipped against them. And we need to uh, set the scales right again. Okay, that's about going to do it to it again. Thank you very much, folks, for tuning us in. If you want to contact me directly, it's Pacman, P-A-C-M-A-N, at the bmgnetwork.com, all lowercase. Check out all the fine programming we have for you on the BMG Network. And don't forget, if you like this program, hit like. And hit subscribe. So every time uh, we drop a new show, you're, you're notified. There's a little bell that notifies you. Subscribe and, and share with your friends on social media. And we'll do it again real soon. Thanks for tuning us in. If the Lord wills it, we will talk to you real soon. The Pac-Man Podcast was produced and edited in the BMG Studio. Music by Kevin McLeod. For more episodes of the Pac-Man Podcast, go to the bmgnetwork.com or go to the BMG Network on Facebook. And be sure to tune in to the next episode of the Pac-Man Podcast with Ted Flint.